The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. A big thanks to New Day, N E U D A E, at New Day Music on Twitter. Appreciate the song Lion Kings, which is our intro again this year. We may have to uh, reach out to them about a new beat. Uh, Newbie was telling me that he's got some fresh beats for us to check out. Yeah, that'd be that'd be solid. I mean, we've been we probably. Should have done that about a year ago. But I love the I love Lion Kings though. But yeah, yeah, it's just, just nice to kind of keep it fresh, it you know. Yeah. I think we may have to go for a, a mid-season update there. And speaking of updates, you have updated the top four hundred. How about that for a transition? Wow, that might be the transition <laughs> transition of the year. Yeah, I mean the bar is pretty low for me on in that regard. So I may have just cleared it. You have updated the top four hundred, and you've written an article explaining. Um, your thought process behind a lot of the the risers and how far they've jumped, and we'll we'll break a lot of those down today. Also, touch on the latest entries in our uh, top twenty collab countdown. So, are we on to like number nine? Or I think it's uh, 10. ten. Okay, so yeah. into the top ten. I got another kind of boring dude. I do too. Boring one. I I have a real boring one. I kind of think it might be the same one. That that would be actually that'd be funny. Um, it actually probably is now that you because it's that. none of the boring ones I've already right, and I mean my number nine is going to be a boring one that you've already done, so uh, things might not get real spicy until that top seven or eight. Yeah, but they will get spicy again sometime soon. But James, let's dive in right away to your farm futures again. You you have overhauled the overall top four hundred added players from this year's draft class, and as you said on Twitter weeks ago maybe months ago now um there are those little icons now to indicate the risers and fallers on the actual sheet itself so that's really and nice i i did want to just say something quick before i forget uh somebody asked on twitter 
if I could explain on this week's pod what like overslot and underslot means when you're talking about draft picks. Uh, and that's a that's a good question. If you ever have like a question about some sort of lingo that you, you don't really understand, definitely reach out and I'll try to address that. But, uh, you know, let's just say these are like made up numbers, but let's just say the Reds had a $10 million bonus pool in this draft and the pick value, like each pick, every single pick gets assigned a value um, of what like just the market value of that pick is um, and what the like suggested dollar value the team should should give the player is. And like so Jonathan India's pick value at number five is just under six million. Uh, if they give him that exact value, then he, he signed for slot. If they gave him four million then he signed for well under slot if they gave him seven million he would sign for well over slot and this is kind of a common theme since the the latest cba uh with the draft uh bonus pool changes like a lot of you know progressive teams or teams that think they're being progressive will give under slot deals to you know someone they took in the top 20 30 picks save some money and then give an overslot deal to a guy later so that they're kind of trying to maximize the overall talent they're able to get out of their draft pool. Um, it's, it's, it's important to look at when you're valuing prospects because just because a guy went like seventh overall, like I think Ryan Weathers is a perfect example in this year's draft class at seventh overall. I'm expecting him to get an underslot deal so that they can give Xavier Edwards an overslot deal uh, who they took in the late thirties. So it, you know, if you're just going to be judging players, judge them based on the bonus they get. Don't judge them based on where they went in the draft because the bonus truly kind of spells out just how valuable that player was. Yeah. I think that's really good that you laid all that out because, you know, especially if you're just getting into maybe a dynasty league or following prospects may not, you know, know that lingo. So I'm glad you explained that. And yeah, it does make sense. And it really affects how teams draft, you know, and they're thinking throughout the draft. Um, so good good stuff there. Let's talk about the risers from your latest update on the top 400, starting with Chris Paddock, because he's already up now into the top 50, uh, 40 overall in the overall top 400. Uh, he was 69 in the last update, but what has uh, thrust Chris Paddock up this list? He just keeps dominating at high A. Uh, probably has the prettiest numbers of any pitcher in the minor leagues right now. And, uh, I mean, just crazy strikeout to walk, like type of thing that you just really don't see that often. Um, he has a, let me see if I can find it. Um, he has a 70 to three K to walk in 42 and a thirds innings. Um, that's pretty wild. Uh, he's might have the best changeup in the minor leagues, um then that that update kind of puts him at 10th among the the pitching prospects i've ranked so uh just a borderline top 10 pitching prospect in the game uh he's gonna be capped uh, around i would guess 90 innings this year so don't expect him to debut in the big leagues until 2019 but if he kind of continues on this pace i would expect him to get at least up to double a by the end of this year maybe even get a sniff of triple uh, a and then in 2019, it'll be kind of a, a countdown to start the season. As long as he stays healthy, it'll be kind of a countdown as to when he joins the big league rotation. So definitely a guy to get excited about. Uh, he's long gone in, in any kind of serious, normal-sized dynasty league, but in, in some of your shallower dynasty leagues, he's probably still out there. Very nice. I saw a clip of him come across the, the newswire the other day of him walking in, getting ready for his start, and he was just like in a full – suit cowboy hat really had the game face on <laughs> he looks like a guy who'll be a pretty uh maybe a star big leaguer in time and i know austin hedges was rehabbing down there and said that stuff could play right now against big league hitters but uh, they will continue to let him simmer there um like elsinore right yeah that's, yeah so that's a definitely a guy to to watch probably the biggest well he's risen to the highest spot but maybe the biggest jumper one of them, Drew Waters, outfielder for the Braves, jumping from 194 to 41 overall. Pretty crazy. 
what does Drew Waters' skill set look like? So, you know, even coming out of the draft last year, uh, he went in the late 30s, I believe. Uh, you know, the potential for plus power and plus speed was obvious. I went back and looked at the draft note we wrote on him. And, yeah, I mean, we, we laid out plus power, plus speed, a, a possibility for him. He's a switch hitter. Uh, there were some reports, you know, before the draft that he might have a above average hit tool, but uh, kind of struggled overall, especially with, with strikeouts in, in rookie ball last year. He was, he was in the GCL and the, the Appy League, had 70 strikeouts in 50 games, and that's, you know, nothing – you know, it's not crazy for a, a teenager to go to rookie ball and, and strike out a lot. So I had him uh, as like a borderline top 200 guy this year, just because he hadn't really proven that his hit tool was really advanced. And he, you know, he'd never played in a full season league. Uh, and, you know, with the way that I update the top 400, you know, it might be three weeks since my last update, but that doesn't mean that I looked at every player like three weeks ago. Uh, and I think with waters, it had just kind of, he was at a spot in the rankings where I hadn't really paid attention to what he was doing until, you know, I, I probably last looked at him like five weeks ago before this last update. Uh, and then once I got into draft prep, I knew waters needed to be higher, but I didn't want to get sucked down that rabbit hole of like, you know, adjusting, waters and like not adjusting the guys around him so i i knew he was going to be quite a bit higher when i did the update and and he was a guy that people were asking about like where's waters going to be on the update and uh yeah i mean he's hitting for power uh running on the on the bases 10 for 12 on on stolen base attempts this year uh really really holding his own at low a he's not really walking but i mean he's doing so much damage i wouldn't expect him to to be all that patient right now uh, could probably use a promotion to high A here in the, the next four or five weeks. Um, a guy that, you know, 41st overall might seem high, but I really, you know, if, <laughs> go go ask the guy that has Drew Waters in your dynasty league if he'll trade him to you for one of the guys that have ranked below him. I, I doubt that that would be the case. Do you remember in the Road to Our Dynasty Invitational when he was picked up and for how much? I don't remember him being drafted. Uh, I think he was. I think Brett Sayer drafted him, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Um, Brett's, Brett's been uh, a big Drew Waters guy for a while. Uh, and I think he, yeah, I think he drafted him, pretty sure. Interesting. Well, quick note. Uh, are you sick of missing the big money prize by fractions of points? Are you in a constant state of buyer's remorse? Or are you just too busy to conduct daily research for lineup submissions? Then let rotopros.com Function is your go-to source for winning big and winning often in the highly competitive arena of daily fantasy sports. RotoPros is committed to your success as a DFS player and as a support staff that are that offers around-the-clock DFS-related advice and feedback that will help you build a bankroll to be reckoned with. RotoPros relies on Slack to provide industry-leading customer service in real time, while also producing daily podcasts, YouTube live shows, online articles email alerts, and many more materials that will allow you to make winning decisions on a daily basis. Their vibrant community of paid subscribers typically enjoy a positive ROI off their monthly membership fee. But starting today, you can sign up at no cost whatsoever. Visit rotopros.com and opt into their no-risk seven-day free trial and find out why they've become the hub for where fantasy becomes reality. James, next up on your list, Calvin Mitchell, outfielder for the Pirates. Another guy who's made a similarly massive jump to Drew Waters uh, from 212 to 56. You say here that he reminds you a lot of uh, Jesus Sanchez with the fluidity of the swing, but what else has he done that's really caught your eye? He was a guy that, you know, same draft class as Drew Waters. Uh, he didn't have the same sort of power and speed upside that Waters did. Uh, more, a lot, a lot of people were more confident in the hit tool when he was in high school but you know with a guy like that you kind of want to see it to believe it because if there's not plus power or plus speed there you know he's really going to have to to actualize that that hit tool and last year in rookie ball he was okay um you know didn't really stand out uh but this year he's just really kind of on a, another level i mean he might have 
the best hit tool at low A right now. Uh, a guy that I think a lot of people would say projects as a, a 300 hitter someday in the big leagues. And he's not without power and speed. He has, you know, enough power to be a, a 20 homer guy, enough speed to be like a 10 to 15 steal guy. But it's really kind of all about the the batting average with him. And, you know, just what he's done this year, I, I felt like he's earned a spot, you know, smack dab in the middle of the top 100, uh, just in terms of how, how confident I am about the, the bat playing in an everyday role. Nice, man. And I... I appreciate you being aggressive with some of these risers and some people, you know, might say you're maybe overreacting to what they've done so far, but you've always been like one step ahead, uh, you know, making those adjustments before other sites, other rankings catch on. And then you'll see months later, those guys, uh, the pretenders start to adjust. And, uh, <laughs> well, you're ahead of the game. You know, the, uh, you know, a lot of times when, when people talk about prospects, they, they preach patience and, uh, that's very valuable and, and useful information, especially when you're just talking about actual baseball teams. Like, you know, if you're, if you're an organization, you have to stress patience because, you know, like, uh, just like the Royals couldn't just drop Hunter Dozier and pick up Calvin Mitchell. Like they're stuck with Hunter Dozier. Like they, you know, but it, like in dynasty leagues, yeah, you can't stuck with them. You can, you can cut, you can cut anyone on your team. You can pick up anyone that's out on free agent wires. So you don't have to be as patient as a lot of, uh, sort of prospect pundits suggest that you, you should be like, I mean, you, you should be patient with a guy like Willie Calhoun or, uh, you know, in deeper leagues, like a guy like Francisco Mejia, like those guys are, are really struggling, but they're, they're so close to the big leagues. Um, you should, you, know, you should uh, display some patience with those guys. But if you're just rostering, like, like a guy like Kevin Maiton, who I just completely bumped off the top 400 on this update. Really? Wow. Uh, I mean, his swing just looks awful. He's lost all the explosiveness from, uh, what he was showing as an amateur. He just looks stiff. I, I just don't see any reason to continue stashing him unless you're in a league where you, you still think there's some trade value there and you could flip him, you know, for a draft pick or, or someone else, go ahead and do that. But if you've put him on the block and nobody's come calling, just move on. Like it, you're not going to, if you, if you are active enough, there are going to be some drops that you regret, but, but more of, more often than not, uh, I think it's going to, pan out a little bit better for you if you're if you're kind of proactive about that type of thing and if you're so dead set on on being patient with guys you're never going to end up with these guys like the guys that that up their stock and and if you're just not willing to cut bait with a a guy that's not producing for you in the lower levels then you're never going to add calvin mitchell when he pops up um in a full season league so uh, i think it is there's a big difference between like evaluating prospects for dynasty leagues and like as a as a real life baseball organization yeah i think that's a good distinction because you know it's good to be patient with those top end talents but when you get down the list there's not much there's very little separating those guys talent wise and if one's off to a miserable start they're lost at the plate the other is soaring then you know it's pretty easy to to switch spots, bump a guy down below a lot of guys, even if that fall or the rise seems pretty dramatic, I think um, that's the way to do it. And, you know, I have to make that decision with, like, a guy like Chris Cease, Sice. Mm-hmm. I saw he was a massive faller. He's out for the year with, like, a shoulder injury. It's like a borderline top 100 guy coming into the season, but just time to move on. Yeah, I mean, it, there's <laughs> there's certain leagues that are deep enough you know, the, another great example, this is like Wander Javier with the Twins. Like, he's out for the year. Um, you know, I think in, in most dynasty leagues, they're deep enough where you could hold Javier. Uh, but in most dynasty leagues, they're really not deep enough to justify holding a guy like Chris Cease because you could, dro- you could drop Chris Cease and he might not get picked up at all the rest of the way. And, like, if you want to draft him again, you, you might be able to draft him again next next season. Uh, but if you're not willing to cut bait with a guy like that, then you're not going to be able to get a guy. Like if you pick up, you know, any of the guys that I profile on this in this article or some of the risers on the top 400, like 
those guys might not be done rising. Like some of these guys, you know, might have moved up to like 140, 150. Uh, they might finish the year inside the top 70. So like mm-hmm. if you just if you grab them now, then that that's gonna give you a shot at getting a much more valuable piece than than a guy like Chris Seeswood heading into 2019. Yeah, and what you said about you know you'll probably end up regretting some of these drops. Uh, I think is right, but if you don't end up regretting a drop, I think you're playing the game the wrong way. I think you want some turnover there because I think in the end you're going to end up with more talent than than if you just stick to the guys you drafted and don't really. Yeah, if you're not turning over at least, you know, like if you're playing in like an RDI type of dynasty league, um, 40 active or 40 roster spots, 3 DL spots, 10 minor league spots, if you're not turning over, you know, at least three or four of those minor league spots, like as the season goes, then you're just doing it wrong. Like Mm -hmm. you're, 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 you're kind of saving yourself from the, Oh crap. I dropped that guy. Like, don't I look stupid? Like you'll never have one of those because you weren't dropping anyone, but you're never going to pick up an ascending asset in the season. And you kind of have to, if you want to keep up with the the teams in your dynasty league that are the most active with prospects. Yeah. You can't play scared and, worry about looking silly because it's going to happen one way or another you know and you might as well limit the the amount of silliness by the way this isn't really related but talking about rdi i got the thing and i gotta call your co-owner ian khan you know he likes to put that personal touch on trades um i put a posted a, a trade block post recently just couldn't find a good time to call him but now i feel bad i left him hanging so I got a call. Get yeah, call get him on the get him on the line, and then. Uh, That's the thing. You guys are chasing chasing us down up top. I don't even want to trade with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a long season. Yeah, I I do need some hitting help though. So maybe uh, talk to Ian. Maybe work something out. Um, don't want you middling in those trade talks though. I know you will be pulling the strings behind the scene. But anyway, uh, Sully Matias outfitted for the Royals. I saw you recently comping him or at least comparing his numbers to a young Joey Gallo. Um, similar skill set? Do you think maybe a similar early career path? I think offensively it's extremely similar. Um, different bodies, different uh, defensive backgrounds, but just from a hit tool, raw power standpoint, I think it they they have almost identical skill sets at the same age. Uh, the whole thing with Gallo all the way up was just transcendent power, uh, light tower power, and is he ever going to hit enough for it to play? And Sully Matias is kind of, you know, on the short list, you know, maybe top five minor league prospects this year that are just kind of trendy, buzzy names because he's up to 20, at least 20 home runs, 20 home runs when I wrote this article. And, you know, that's awesome. I mean, he's he's just on a complete tear at the plate in terms of hitting the ball out of the park. Uh, still striking out too much uh, at low A. Not hitting for a, a very high average. And he's age-appropriate at low A. I think there's going to be at least as much swing and miss as he moves up to, to high A, double A. I think the power is still going to play because he just – murders mistakes he hits some balls out that would be just routine fly balls for a lot of guys uh, so there's just going to be a ton of power and there's going to be a ton of k's and there's going to be a, a low batting average unless he i mean it's definitely possible that he's able to make some adjustments that a guy like joey gallo wasn't able to make uh, but typically when you're in that sort of 37 38 strikeout range uh, that's going to be an issue for you you, you don't usually see guys go from being like mid thirties K rate guys to like low twenties. I mean, that just usually doesn't happen regardless of how young the player is. Uh, so that, that's kind of what I was sort of grappling with here is like, where would, where would you have ranked Joey Gallo as a 19 year old in low a sort of knowing where his career has, has led him and, I don't think you can put him top 50 just because I think the, the batting average risk is, is just too great. Like I would be pretty stunned if, you know, at least in like Matias's first three big league seasons, I'd, I'd be kind of stunned if he hit 250 uh, in any of those. But 
if you kind of look back at Joey Gallo's sort of prospect trajectory, there were plenty of times along that ride between low A and where we are now where you could have gotten a, a pretty big haul for him in a dynasty league. So I think he has to be in the top 100, settled on on 57 in this latest update. Um, and you could, you might be able to trade, if you had him in a dynasty league, you could probably trade him for a handful of guys I have ranked ahead of him right now. If you wanted to cash out on this asset right now, I, I wouldn't really fault you. Uh, but, I, I mean, he's going to continue to hit a ton of homers all the way up, so I think you'll be able to cash out on him whenever you want to. Does the team hurt him here? Because, you know, the Reds were just what playing the Royals, and I was... I know that's a big park, but just amazed by just how many fly balls die there. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting, an interesting call. I mean, how many like top hitting prospects have they developed in recent years? You know, the one, the one that kind of stands out to me in terms of a power season is Mustakas these last couple years. But yeah, I mean, Eric Hosmer never hit for the type of game power that he was uh, supposed to as a prospect. Alex Gordon was never like a 35 homer guy or anything like that. Um, you know, Matias, like with, with guys like Matias and Gallo where it's 80 grade raw power, typically you can just sort of say, well, you know, they're going to hit homers no matter where they're playing. But, you know, if you're in Kaufman, there will be probably, you know, four or five per year that don't go out that might have gone out in a place like Great America. So, um yeah, it's not it's not ideal, but he's still got that just top of the scale power where I think it's going to be 30, 35 homers almost no matter where he plays. Yeah, that was good to see Tyler Malley, our boy, Love pitching, boy, pitching to those dimensions last night. Just challenging hitters in the zone yeah. because they knew they couldn't do anything with it. And you got that, that amazing outfield behind him just running all that stuff down. You know, I mean, Billy, <laughs> geez, Billy is a great defender. It's too bad that he just never developed with the stick, man. He's such an exciting prospect. And I remember when we first did Staff Keeper one or Staff Keeper two all those years ago, Bob Billy as a prospect really thought it was gonna be awesome. And he did have a big impact in one category for many years, but I think it's pretty much time to close the book on him as a hitter. Just you know, showed some steps forward in twenty sixteen, but it's just been, you know, four steps back over the past two years. Uh, but a quick note from our sponsor, Fantasy Baseball Fans. Spring training is underway in the regular season. Uh, we'll be here before you know it. I still can't, you know, read that and change things around in my head. They, they need to send a new read, so I don't do that anymore. Uh, but with baseball season comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball. No matter what you're looking for, FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind. Something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from. Starting at just 25 cents, pick a contest, choose your team, enjoy watching your results in real time. With the second to last Rotowire Baseball Championship qualifier last night. Uh, maybe it was actually the final one open to the public, but uh, second to last one for us here. Rotowire, James, how did you do? Uh, not great. I felt like I made the right call with Trevor Bauer. Uh, that's not why I didn't have a great night. I just really struggled to get production from the hitters I chose to go with. Yeah, I went with Bauer myself, but similar bow, just nothing on the hitting side. Uh, but, you know, those qualifiers may be over, but you can play against your friends, bragging rights, millions of cash prizes, tons of new product variations, too, over at FanDuel. Smaller rosters, ALN only, truly for something for everyone, millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on Fandle. Just visit Fandle.com slash RW, void where prohibited. James, Matt uh, Theis is an interesting case because you say here this is a kind of a, a prime example of uh, why you need to be flexible on prospects. And you were kind of the low man on him, but you come around on Matt Theis. Yeah, it's just he was never a guy that was hitting for any kind of power. And, um, I mean, especially for a guy that was always going to end up at first base or DH, like, you know, I want it when I'm ranking a first base or DH prospect, I'm pretty staunch about, I need to see at least some signs of power before I'm going to put them high on a list. I know that, you know, power is often the last thing to come, but, 
if you're playing first base, you should you should be able to hit for some power in pro ball, at least, you know, with some consistency. And it wasn't happening for Thice. I mean, he hit nine home runs in 2017 in 133 games. He's already hit 10 this year in 58 games between double A and triple A. Hasn't really skipped a beat at triple A. Uh, the, the powers come at a little bit at the expense of some patience. He's not walking quite as much, uh, but I fantasy owners aren't going to really care about that. I mean, he's hitting for power. That's what we wanted all along. Still hitting for a really high average. Uh, this is a guy that's got 2018 relevancy. I think that he, you know, if he kind of keeps on this trajectory here over the next month or so, I think he'll be up playing every day at first base for the angels at some point this summer. So definitely a guy to, to keep in mind. I don't think it's really time to stash him yet unless you're in an AL only league, but uh, definitely a guy that I think we'll hear from later this season. Interesting. Yeah. I think <coughs> especially if Otani isn't able to come back in DH, we could see that uh, Two eighteen all the way up to 61 for Matt Dice, Gavin Lux, second baseman. He's at the high A level right now. I mean, three twelve, three ninety six, five fifteen. easy to see why um, he's jumped. But what were your concerns with him coming in? when he was outside of the top 200 well he was just he was always a guy that would make a lot of contact take a lot of walks and just not really do anything with that contact and obviously i think you know he's obviously benefiting a little bit from the california league but even if you just scale back his numbers like that that's still a a legitimate breakout for lux and I think he's also a bit faster than his seven for fourteen on on stolen base attempts suggests. So uh, defensively, I think that you know there's some questions about shortstop, but I think he'll he'd be fine at second base. Um, you know, if he's a second baseman who hits like two seventy, two seventy five, walks a decent amount, hits fifteen to twenty home runs, steals fifteen to twenty bases. I mean, I think that's that's a guy that plays in in most formats. Nice. I'm going to deviate from the list here, not a rise or a faller, but I just want to know real quick with the recent comments made um, in Chicago about Eloy Jimenez needing to stop at AAA. Is there any chance we see him this year realistically? Uh, I think it's kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of assumed at this point that he's going to play out the rest of the year in the minors. Yeah, I think uh... – the White Sox are kind of in a good spot where they, I don't think, are going to have to face a ton of backlash by not bringing him up this year. And while there were reasons why I think it made sense for the Blue Jays to bring up Vlad Jr., uh, especially if he had not gotten hurt, um, the the White Sox don't really have any of those benefits. Like they don't, they're not profiting from people watching White Sox games and. So, you know, I, I think that they and I also I also just don't think Elo Jimenez being up really would affect their box office revenue. Like I, I don't think people are going to White Sox games. I mean, there would be some people that would go just because Elo is up, but it wouldn't be like they'd be flocking there in droves mm-hmm. to see Elo, Elo Jimenez. So yeah. like late in the year of football yeah. starting and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, they don't care. Um Yeah. I've been you know, holding it, but I holding him in a couple leagues, but I'm gonna have to just bite the bullet. I think this week in Cup Day. I should say, like, I I don't know if I, I don't think I've said it on here because we haven't talked since it happened. But um, with that Vlad injury, I did cut him loose in uh, TGFBI this past week when I activated Mike Soroka. So yeah, uh, I kind of put my stink on Vlad. I picked him up and towed head to head. That just and just that as was, he was going down, that too. was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was really bad. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut him this week. I, I just stubbornly held on, but, you know. There's just two the, weeks after spending, like, 83 on him, I'm going to have to cut him. Like, this just gives the Blue Jays all the cover they needed to not bring yeah. him up this year. It kind of works out. If they didn't want to bring him up, this – obviously, they didn't want him to get hurt, but, like, this definitely takes all the pressure off them in that regard. Well, if I do end up dropping uh, Eloy in Stake League tonight, one of the guys who may be – the corresponding pickup, I'm hoping, maybe, Jonathan Loesiga. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, Loesiga. Uh, Going to make the jump from double-A Trenton to start Friday against the Rays. Pretty nice landing spot for him. 
He's been a pretty big riser, 181, now up to 102 on the top 400. Uh, what have you seen this year that you really like? I I am so pissed at myself because I wanted to add him in RDI like a month ago and uh, decided that we could wait, uh, that we didn't really need to add him just then. And then uh, Chris Blessing beat us to the punch, added him. Then he was out there in uh, TDGX this past week. I didn't. I didn't have any money to bid on him. Threw in a zero dollar bid. JJ Jansen's had a higher waiver priority. Got him on a zero dollar bid, and I think I might have gotten him there. I'm not sure. Uh, JJ can correct me if I'm wrong. But like this, this noise about him coming up to start really kind of pushed the price up a little bit in my eye. I would have had him as a, a massive riser, regardless of that. Uh, promotion news that spot start news uh he's just had a an awesome year um he's a guy that's missed a ton of time with due to tommy john surgery in early 2016 missed time before that uh was was originally a giants prospect and uh the yankees picked him up off the scrap heap and have really rehabbed his career he's got a plus fastball plus curveball uh, solid changeup, really good command and control. Um, I think he's a, a mid-rotation starter long-term, at, at least, as long as he can stay healthy. And that's kind of the big question with him is can he hold up to a, a full season's workload? He hasn't really had to do that yet just because he hasn't been healthy enough to. So I think that's that's the big question with him. I think that everything else plays just fine as a mid-rotation starter, maybe even a chance for him to be a little bit better than that. Uh, but I'm not, not going to go quite that far. Uh, as for just the start tomorrow, I think everyone should just temper expectations because he, he really doesn't have a ton of experience in the upper levels. I think he has the stuff to have success, but if he gets shelled, you should not just immediately cut him in dynasty leagues. I think you, you got to hang on to him at this point. Um, but there's a chance that he performs really well. I mean, we, we've seen how good – Mike Soroka has been this year and you know, they're kind of similar pitches. Soroka has got way better, way more size, looks the part a bit more. Uh, Los Agas just 5'11", 170, 170 pounds. So um, not a typical starters frame. And that kind of adds to the concerns about uh, the durability with him. But, you know, we've seen guys, these guys that have that, that pinpoint command control, um, you know, the velocity, the breaking ball, sometimes they can have success early on. So I, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. Poor man's Tyler Molly. Man. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's high praise. Yeah. You know, who knows? <laughs> um, if <laughs> I'm not mistaken, who's the next now, Tyler Malley. <laughs> I think it's this guy. Uh, is he now the number two prospect in that system? Yeah. Because they have just graduated everyone. I mean, uh, Glaber's gone. Andahar's gone. Um, they, it's still a top five system to me, just because it's it's so deep. Like they just Frazier graduated. Yeah, he's yeah. he's gone. Um, I guess I mean you could argue maybe it's not a top five system just because of the lack of that high high end talent. Uh, but I mean you you have a hard time finding many systems with more electric arms up and down, and they just have such a impressive wave of they. It seems like this. This sort of uh, new age Cashman regime has every single year. There's just a new flood of 17 and 18 year olds to get excited about in their rookie levels. So, really, really healthy farm system. They graduated some guys, but um, still one of the the best in baseball. Yeah, they got the bullets to make a big trade too. If if it comes to that this this summer, and I think they probably will be looking to land a high impact starter. Uh, but a team that does not need to make any trades for starting pitching is the Astros. They have another young, exciting right-hander coming up in Josh James uh, through, the, through the system. He's now up to 103 on the overall rankings. 252 is the old rank. And this is just an embarrassment of riches. I mean, can't they just let some some other teams have some fun here? Nope, because this is they, ridiculous. Look, they're, their pro scouting, amateur scouting departments are just – uh, some of the best and their player development staff is some of the best too uh they're right up there with the yankees and the padres in terms of just how many exciting 
arms they have at every every level of their system and james is just a a a total pop-up prospect 25 years old had a sleep apnea thing that he says was part of the reasons why he hasn't put things together before now uh he got that taken care of in the off season and that might have been part of the reason why he was able to add so much velocity to his fastball he's been up to 98 miles an hour this season He's got a big, solid starter's frame, 6'3", 200 pounds, uh, you know, good secondary stuff. He's missing tons of bats at AAA right now. Just got to AAA, already has 53 strikeouts in 34 and a third innings. Uh, he might be the guy that actually gets to the big leagues before Forrest Whitley. Like, you know, Whitley was awesome again last night in his second start back, but he's at double a James is at triple a neither guys on the 40 man roster. If they, you know, needed a spot starter, I think in sometime in the next month, you know, it might not even be either of those guys cause they have so much depth, but if it were one of those two, I think it would be James if it, if it was in the next month, just because he's at triple a and he's having success. Interesting. Well, you said James was a, a true pop-up guy. At least he was on your old rankings. Um, guy who was not, but now up to 142. Uh, Luis Rengifo. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Terrible names. Uh, especially today. But anyway, middle infielder for the Angels. Um, not a big guy, 5'10", but uh, you know, can handle short for now. Maybe move off to second eventually. What does the bat look like? Uh, it's it's my kind of bat. Um He's, you love he's, a two B bat. I love a I love a short second baseman that that makes a ton of contact. Yeah, that's that's my jam. Um, he he's walking more than he's striking out across stops at high A and double A this year. Uh, he's got twenty six steals on thirty five attempts. Kind of a, a plus runner that's just got the green light. So probably not a thirty forty steal guy in the big leagues, but a guy that could probably get you twenty and he's 21 years old and and breaking at double a i mean that's that's pretty good uh he's not in my top 100 but you know i wouldn't be surprised if in like a few weeks if he kind of keeps this up if he gets in there because really kind of checking all the boxes hits the ball to all fields it's just you know, I think it'll be interesting to see if the bat speed translates when he gets to triple a in the big leagues but i think there's just a lot to like here so how do you pronounce the name? Ring, Rangifo? Rangifo. I mean, okay, I, I would just go the way, it's, uh, the way it looks. I yeah. mean, with Loisiga, like, I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. There's some tough ones, and I'm just constantly butchering them. Trying to get better, though. You know, that's all you can do is just try to, <laughs> I know try how to, to learn. Pronounce, I know how to pronounce Josh James, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's debatable. Uh, one more read to get through, so bear with me here. Want to fatten your bank account by putting money on off-season sports news predictions? You, how can that be possible, you ask? Look no further than fameproject.org, where you can put money on topics like whether DeAndre Ayton will be the number one basketball draft pick or whether Cristiano, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo will be the recipient of this year's World Cup Golden Ball Award. FameProject.org is a marketplace where fans come together to wager against each other on these events with real money. Finally, you get to put your money where your mouth is on your off-season news predictions. Did you have the gut feeling that Baker Mayfield would be the number one pick in this year's football draft? So did numerous Fame Project users who made major bucks on their hunches. So instead of mindlessly scrolling through your Twitter account, FameProject.org allows you to put money where your mouth is. Stop sitting around wasting time. Capitalize on your hunches. Sign up today for FameProject.org and get started with your free $10 bonus. Again, that's FameProject.org. Elvin Rodriguez, James, right-hander for the Tigers. Another guy who was not ranked but has jumped inside your top 200. He was kind of a uh, underrated or under-the-radar guy in the Upton trade, actually the player to be named later. Really good curveball. Um, but what else does the repertoire, what else is in the, the repertoire? Yeah. I mean, it, it all starts with the curveball. It's a, it's a really sexy pitch. Like I, I mean, when I 
first saw it, I I watched it over and over again, uh, and then had to stop because I was at work. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's a really really exciting profile. Six foot three, hundred sixty pounds. Uh, you kind of hope that he adds a little bit of velocity to the fastball as he bulks up, but that curveball is going to get him to the big leagues if he stays healthy. And you know he's he's missing bats. Uh, the changeups kind of in its nascent stages a little bit, but when you have that type of feel for spin so early on, and you're able to kind of make these early developmental gains, I, that that gives me a little bit of faith that the changeup will come along. Uh, really excited to see I, I, you know he's 20 years old so I expect him to get promoted to high at some point this season really excited to see how the stuff translates uh, not a guy he's a guy that's out there in uh, TDGX RDI uh, probably almost all dynasty leagues right now in deeper leagues I think this is the time to add him I think there's the hype's gonna continue to build with him this season if he stays healthy um, and yeah, I mean that those guys that have that sort of number two starter upside, even when they're like three years away, like he is they're they don't come around every day. So I would, I would scoop him up if you're in a really deep league. Nice. We also highlighted some risers from the 200 to 400 range. We've gone a little long and you and I actually on our way to a Madison Mallard's, a summer league game should be pretty fun. This is not a scouting trip. No. This is a drinking beer trip. Yeah, not a lot of high quality baseball talent to uh, get eyes on. Independently, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, should be a good time, but you know, got to wrap things up. But anything you want to mention about these three guys um, specifically? Uh, yeah, Jared Jared Oliva with the Pirates was a a guy that was taken out of Arizona last year. College bat jumped right to high A. Really exciting tools. Um, He's a guy that, that could continue to climb the list. Miguel Geraldo and Ronnie Rojas, a couple J2 guys from last year. Geraldo's with the Blue Jays, Rojas with the Yankees. Super young, uh, super small sample size because the Dominican Summer League's only been going for like 10 days now. But both are off to really good starts, really impressive starts, especially given their age. Uh, and they have the pedigree that should get people excited. So, you know, in really deep leagues, they might already be owned just because they were kind of top 10, top 15 guys from last year's J2 class, but uh, probably out there in the majority of leagues. I don't think you have to add them just yet if you're in an RDI type of league, but uh, monitor what's going on in the DSL because a lot of the top guys, you know, the Juan Soto's, Ronald Acuna's, like guys like that, sometimes the Dominican summer league is where they kind of show that first flash. And this is where you can kind of get in on the ground floor on, on the next big thing. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate all the insight as always, James, really good stuff. Check out his latest farm futures rises in the updated top 400 for yourself. Rotowire.com slash pod for a free 10 day trial. And of course, check out the uh, 400, see all the risers and followers. There's a little symbol next to all of them. A uh, really nice addition there. Uh, is your pick for the, the collabs countdown number 10, nothing but a G thing? Yes, it is. Yeah, same here. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't think we'd have one you know picked synced up like that. It's pretty amazing. Well, that's official, that's the 10th best collab of all time, folks. Yeah, inside the top 10, maybe deserves to be a little bit higher, but this one has some some fatigue. Oh, uh, yeah. to make a heavy a fatigue. prospect reference. I mean, I think if you just sort of did the most kind of like historically legendary collabo of all time. It, it's probably number one. Like it's probably the most famous hip hop collabo of all time. Love that video too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great video. Um, you know, not a big hockey guy, but love the, uh, or is that gin and juice? I'm thinking of where he's wearing the uh, Bruins or the Penguins um, jersey. That's a good question. I don't remember. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, nothing but a G thing kind of, uh, sort of set the standard for how a two rapper collabo is supposed to go with like that, yeah. the back and forth, you know, um, really put Snoop Dogg on the map. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what really to say about it. Everyone's heard it. Everyone that's 
listening this far into the podcast knows nothing but a G thing. Yeah, three minutes, 58 seconds of uh, greatness. Love that song. Classic video. There's really not much to say aside from just an all-time classic. And, yeah, and if, if it didn't really have that f- fatigue, if maybe, you know, we, we do this list again in, like, 20 years, which we probably won't do, but if we were, maybe <laughs> this one would be back up a little bit higher. Because maybe, you know, the further you get, right. the more nostalgic and... And more... honestly, I had a, I had enough fatigue with it where like there were renditions of my list where I didn't even have it on there, and then I just kept being like, "Oh come on, like that's you got to yeah, have that on, on there." Like I mean, it, I know, like I almost never listen to it anymore, um, but like it still has to be on the list. Yeah, it's pretty shocking to see that this never hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Only got a size number two behind Informer by Snow. Ah. Cop song. Well, look, you know, who's going to keep Informer out of that top spot? Have you ever seen Jim Carrey's uh, goof on Informer? No, I don't even know what that song is. It's like Informer. I don't know how it goes, but um, Jim Carrey did one where he where he did Imposter <laughs> because the snow guy is like a white um rasta guy okay okay so that's why he was imposter okay but pretty funny to check that out on youtube i highly suggest that jim carrey's um i think pretty underrated guy i mean not somebody you see much in the public eye nowadays but uh, still can be pretty damn funny that'll do it for us on the roadwire prospect podcast sponsored by fanduel we'll talk to you guys next week Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.